Welcome to Tarot Magic, a daily guidance podcast offering practical advice from tarot with a sprinkling of magic. I'm Victoria. Today is Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. This week I'm working with 13 Tarot by Necro, published by Fournier. And before I get to today's card, I'd like to take a few minutes to talk about the deck. So I had never heard of this deck or this artist before. I just came across it and I thought it looked interesting and certainly different than any of the other tarot decks that I have. It's much darker than any of the decks that I have. I suppose that the closest thing to what could be called dark that I have is Deviant Moon. I thought Grow Tarot was going to be dark, but it definitely isn't. I do love dark images and horror and things like that. So I was really curious about the deck, and so here it is. It is described by the publisher as the darkest side of fantasy. With a desaturated color range and small touches of color, the artist works with Baroque photo compositions, and there are detailed ornaments. And according to the publisher's description, darkness has never been so beautiful. And I also found another description on Los Garabeo's website. Apparently, they distribute this publisher's work. Los Garabeo describes it as a fine and elaborate design and unsettling elegance. I love that, unsettling elegance. So the imagery of the deck, as I mentioned, is very, very dark. The cards are almost completely black and gray with accents of red. The suits... The cards ace through 10 are pip cards, so there are no scenes illustrated on them. The court cards are knave, knight, queen, and king, so knave instead of page. They are illustrated, and we have bird skulls for wands. I'm going to say that they're crow skulls because the king of wands has a bird on it that looks to me to be a crow. So crow skulls for the wands, cups are hourglasses. Swords are, I think, short swords or maybe daggers, and pentacles are keys. So they have those images instead of the traditional images, but they still have the traditional names. So they're still called wands, cups, swords, and pentacles. And this deck has the name of the card written in the corners in four different languages. So we have Spanish, English, French, and German. And all of the borders have these elaborate, intricate designs. They really are darkly beautiful. And the majors are the ones that have the most elaborate images on them. And they are really interesting. But they don't seem to have anything to do with traditional tarot symbolism or meanings. So it kind of feels to me like somebody just made an illustration or made some various pictures and then someone else slapped tarot names on them. (laughs) I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that more likely they have their own symbolism. And as I continue to work with the deck and explore that, the symbolism will unfold more and more as I get used to it and study it more. I have found that in working with this deck over the last few days, experimenting with it since I received it on Saturday, that even though the images are quite dark, the readings do not skew dark. In fact, it has actually had a lot of really positive and hopeful things to say. 
in contrast to the Akashic Tarot, which is very new age and full of light and mean. <laughs> when I first got that deck, it just handed me my ass every single day, like really all up in my face about everything that I was doing wrong. So it just goes to show you can't judge a book by its cover or in this case, a tarot deck's vibe, but just by its images. And some people will connect with this imagery and some won't. I think it's beautiful. But like I said, I like dark things. And if you don't, then, you know, it may be off-putting for you. I put up an Instagram story when I received the deck asking if people would like to see it as the featured deck for this week. And it was 80% yes. So that tells me that a lot of people feel as I do that it's worth at, le- at least worth looking into and uh, checking out more and giving it a chance. Now about the artist, here's just a little bit from the description of uh, that's on the publisher's video trailer of this deck from nine years ago. Here's a little description uh, about the artist, author of 13 Inches, published by Norma Editorial in 2009. He usually works as a cover artist of the world's best publishers. His illustrations can be found in the most important illustration compilation books, and some of his book covers have been published in more than 14 countries. If you'd like to see more of this artist's work, you can find him on Instagram, first of all. That's at necro13, that's spelled out N-E-K-R-O-X-I-I-I. And there is a link there to the website, which is www.necro.es. Again, that's necro with a K. The back of the cards have a lot of elaborate ornamentation. And in the center, there is some kind of, uh, I don't really know how to describe this creature. You just, you know, take a look at it yourself. But it has red eyes. (laughs) That's all I can tell you. It's like some kind of like, um, like an animal kind of type face. The cards are slightly smaller than a standard tarot card size, and I find them really comfortable to hold and shuffle and work with, personally. Oh, and the back of the card is not reversible, in the sense that it doesn't look the same upside down and upright, so you it would easily be visible from the back if the cards are reversed or not. So just for now, as I'm getting used to the deck and getting familiar with it, I'm not reading reversals. That may change later on, though. And as far as the guidebook is concerned, it's it's pretty it's pretty basic. It has the four languages that I mentioned and just some keywords for each card upright and reversed. So I think that's all I wanted to say about the deck for now. Maybe more things will come to mind as I go along. But as always, I'll be sharing the images of the cards for each day in my Instagram stories at Moonlight and Mercury. And at the end of the week, I'll post a reel. Um, showing the cards for the week, sort of a week in review. I may do a flip through um, for Instagram as well. I don't know. I'm kind of lazy about doing Instagram reels lately, but I kind of feel like I would like to do that. So keep an eye out for that in the next couple days. But if you would like to see the deck and you don't want to wait, then you can find lots of flip throughs on YouTube. And I will put some links for the artist info and so on in the show notes for today. So if you're interested in that, you can go ahead and find that information there. Okay, now on to today's card. Today's card is the Four of Cups. So as I mentioned in this deck, the cups are hourglasses. So there are just four hourglasses on this card. So there is an element of emotional stability here, but also a potential for boredom and just feeling 
feeling like you're not really enjoying anything, maybe just kind of tired of the routine, feeling kind of blah, not really moving up or down one way or the other in terms of your emotional state, just kind of feeling neutral, maybe complacent. And that happens. This is just another phase. But if you're feeling uncomfortable in that state, it is your responsibility to get yourself out of it. There are lots of ways to do that. One thing is if you're feeling bored of everything that normally interests you, try something different. It doesn't have to be elaborate or a grand gesture. You could go out when you normally stay in. You could call a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time. Listen to some music that you wouldn't normally listen to. Expand your horizons a little bit. See if you can find a new interest that would spark something. But another thing that's coming to mind with this card right now, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, is the potential for like a seasonal depression, seasonal affective disorder. Listen, talk to your healthcare provider. Okay, I'm not a doctor. I have to say this again. I'm just going to say some things because I deal with this too. And I'm going to say some things that I have learned or experienced to be helpful This is not me giving medical advice. This is just me saying some things that have worked for me that you might want to talk to a doctor or other healthcare provider about if you're experiencing such a thing. So if you've dealt with seasonal depression, then you probably already know that it has to do with how much light we're receiving. So one good way to overcome that is to get more light on your skin. Now, if you're in a place like me, it's kind of ironic for Turkey to have such dark winters because it's such a hot, bright country in the summer. But at least in the part of Turkey where I'm living, winters are usually really very overcast. So even when I'm outside, I'm not getting a lot of sunlight on my skin. And I come from New York. So where I'm from in New York, we have really bright, sunny, snowy winters. It's just really cold and dry here. Actually, it's not that cold compared to New York. It's pretty mild. But anyway, even if you live in a place that's sunny in the winter, if you're going out all bundled up all the time, you're not getting, you're not receiving any of the sunlight that is available to you. So getting, especially in the morning, getting out, getting some sun on your skin, it's not only about vitamin D. There's a lot more to it than that. I'm not getting into all of that. But if you can do that daily for at least 10, 15 minutes a day, that could help. And another thing that I have found helpful is St. John's wort tincture, St. John's wort extract. You may have heard of this before. St. John's wort is like a plant embodiment of the sun. It grows the, the most right around the highest point of summer. I had a tincture that I made. My husband loves hiking. And during the spring and summer, he often brings me herbs that he finds out in the wild, that he forages out in the wild during his hikes. So he had brought me some St. John's wort that I made a tincture from, and I found it to be really helpful. Now I ran out of it, and over the summer, I realized too late that I needed more St. John's wort, and I didn't think to ask him until it was already gone. It was the end of summer. So I was going through my winter like, oh, I feel kind of down. I wish I had some St. John's wort. I wish I had remembered, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, wait, I can just buy this. (laughs) I was so used to making my own things. I just forgot that I can just buy things like that. So I did, and it does seem to be helping to improve my mood stability during the winter and not help me to not feel so glum, which I tend to get stuck in a little bit, especially in the winter. So anyway, my point is, if it's seasonal depression or if it's just, you know, an emotional phase that you're in of feeling kind of dissatisfied and blah, you don't have to just 
sort of stay in that state and stagnate there. You can get yourself out of it, even just by trying something different. And as you, I don't know if the recording is picking it up or not, but my voice is still not totally back to normal. So sorry about that. Anyway, I think that's going to do it for today. This was a bit of a longer episode than usual. So thank you very much for sticking around. If you'd like to get in touch, as always, you can find me at my website, moonlightandmercury.com, on Instagram, as I mentioned, at moonlightandmercury. That's all one word. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening, and I wish you a magical day. 